Welcome to Hope and Resilience Podcast. I'm John Hitchens, and today we are speaking with a very special guest, mental health educator, Stacy Brake. Stacy, welcome and thank you for coming on. What a pleasure to be here, John. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Uh, we've talked a lot of different times, and uh, one of the things that we uh, talk about many times is anxiety because it seems like it's it's just skyrocketing the individuals that are impacted with that, especially with COVID. So uh, anxiety is a big, broad topic. Do you think you can narrow that or give us some ideas of what you uh, look at when you talk about anxiety and what that means? Absolutely. So anxiety is a big topic, and it's it's been on the rise for, for quite a while. COVID certainly didn't help. Um, but we're seeing more and more anxiety all over the place. And, you know, some of the common signs are things like a racing heart, uh, sweaty palms, um, worried thoughts. You know, those kinds of things are what we typically associate with anxiety. Some of the lesser known symptoms are, you know, things like, you know, having, you know, belly issues or, um, you know, not being able to sleep. Those are those are some of the, the, you know, less frequently talked about irritability and those kinds of things. But any of that can point to just signs of anxiety and just feeling generally unsafe or unsecure. Well, there were a lot of things you said there. And I, I just felt bad because when you said irritability, I'm like, oh, OK, so I, I must be having anxiety <laughs> <laughs> all the time. No, my <laughs> wife would say that I say. OK, so uh, so we talk, you did kind of said what anxiety was. Uh, can you when you look at that, then what are I because I really believe that even before COVID, that stuff was on the rise. Do you mm -hmm. see any reason? Is it just our culture? It's just jam-packed with everybody being so busy or what do you see uh, some other maybe underlying reasons this stuff is is skyrocketing other than everybody knows COVID really took yeah scale. yeah such a good question well first of all I want to say this feeling anxious or having anxiety is pretty normal at some point in all of our lives right like it's it's something that we all face from time to time so, so there's a difference between feeling anxious in a certain moment, right? A lot of us would feel anxious if we knew we were going to have to get up on stage and speak in front of our peers, for example. That's different from an anxiety disorder. An anxiety disorder is when, you know, becomes such a big part of your life that it's preventing you from enjoying your life, preventing you from doing the things that you want to do in your life because you're trying to avoid that feeling of anxiety. So, so it ends up being a fine line between, am I just feeling anxious or do I have an anxiety disorder? I think, um, you know, to, to go back to your question, you know, I think it's on the rise for a lot of reasons. One simple reason is that we're just more aware of it, right? So, you know, years ago when I was in school, I remember, you know, going to school and having that nervous belly feeling and if you had said, do you have anxiety at the time? I would have said, no, I don't even know what that is, right? So part of the reason that it's on the rise in terms of identification is we're more aware of what it is and what it looks like. So that's that's one reason we see it on the rise. Um, there are really a lot of other causes, you know, trauma, you know, early in childhood can cause us to be anxious and have anxiety disorders later in life. Um, Truly, 
diet can influence our feelings of anxiety. So there's a lot of new research on gut health. And, and we know like a disrupted gut can actually lead to feelings of anxiousness and anxiety. And so even without the outside stressors, right? But outside stressors like increased stress can lead to increases in anxiety as well. So there's a lot of a lot of factors that are playing into it. And I think we're just seeing all of those coming to a head. Yeah, I've been amazed how, you know, what Hiswell Homes is doing. I, I don't think there's a better time for us to be doing it than mm. there were a lot of doors closed. Like you said, we didn't talk about anxiety. And, you know, when we were younger, it was like, if anybody even said that word, everybody wouldn't, like you said, not know it, but it was also a lot more, hey, just pull up your bootstraps, you know, you could pick yourself up. What are you talking about? Get going. That was kind of how our parents and, you know, during the, the World War II and all those different eras, that's how they uh, handled that, uh, is that it was that. But now I think, like you said, the data is just pouring out and doors are opening to talk about it. It's okay. So not only is the data out there, but people are reaching and looking for that. So I think it's a perfect time for us to having discussions like this to help people know where that information is and how to use it. So the other thing we talked about was uh, you said there's causes, trauma. What are some other causes? I know trauma is huge. I mean, I'm reading a lot about trauma out there now. And they're learning that a lot of our issues is based on just that one fact, the trauma. So trauma is one. If you want to go into that, go into that more, but also maybe some other causes that you're seeing. Yeah, absolutely. So so trauma, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard it talked about in this way, but but we say there's big T and little T, right? There are massive traumas that, you know, that we initially think of, like going to war or physical abuse long term as a child. Um, those types of things we consider, you know, big T, big traumas. Um, and then there can be little traumas, you know, things that that happen that maybe weren't long term, you know, I prime example, um, shortly after I got married, I was sitting at a stoplight and the light turned green. There was a truck coming behind me and he didn't see that there was a car stopped. He just saw the green light. And so he just ran into the back of me, a huge truck. And it was one of the most frightening things I've ever experienced. And um, so the way that 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 little trauma carried over, right? I wasn't injured, nothing terrible happened, like in the grand scheme of things, like he came, you know, the guy was like, I'm so sorry, I didn't see you, it was my fault. He told everybody, you know, the police when they came, you know, so it couldn't have gone as nicely, you know, it couldn't have gone nicer as far as an accident to happen, right? Nobody was injured, he admitted the fault, everything else fell into place, but, for the longest time, when I would come up to a red light, I would feel anxiety about stopping at the red light, right? Or I would always be checking the mirrors, checking to make sure no one was behind me. And that's just, that's just an example of like a little trauma. Eventually, you know, even without having to go to therapy or get like really intense trauma work and treatment, I worked through it. It was okay. It eventually went away. But but for a time period, my anxiety levels were escalated, particularly driving and going to a red light. That's an example of a, a little T trauma. Um, but either of those can lead to feelings of anxiety and anxiousness. Um, I love to talk about nutrition 
um, just because it's something that I don't think we talk about enough, right? We talk about trauma a lot, but nutrition is such a huge part of our mental health. You know, we, we think about diet and nutrition as really the main purpose is for us to lose weight or, you know, get into shape or whatever it is, but, but there's so much more to it than that. And really, you know, having a disrupted gut from processed foods and too much sugars and there's just a number of things, alcohol can really disrupt our gut health. And once that's disrupted, it basically sends signals of alarm and alert to our brains, which feels like anxiety, causes anxiety. As soon as our brains feel that alarm or that panic feeling, um, the emotional state, then our brains start to look for the reason, right? We look for the rational reason. Why do we feel anxious? So sometimes it's really difficult to identify that it's coming from our gut because we feel it and then our brains start to look around and go, oh, I must be anxious because of this thing or this person or this situation um, when it might actually be caused from just a disrupted gut health problem. Um, so there's a number of ways that, and that I think that's what makes anxiety so tricky to treat, right? So for the longest time, we've treated it as a cognitive problem, a brain problem, a thinking problem. We're, we do have worried thoughts when we feel anxious, but that might not be where it came from. The worried thoughts might be an after effect of the other problems that are coming. So a lot of our, you know, old treatments and still new treat, you know, it's still what we do today. We do a lot of cognitive behavior therapy for people who struggle with anxiety, but it doesn't work for everybody. And that's the reason, because it doesn't always come from our thoughts. It comes from other places as well. Wow. Those two areas, because uh, I've heard a lot about trauma and I hadn't thought about the, the diet. That's, that's amazing. That's another way that's not even connected to that. And so uh, we're going to bring on eventually a, a guy called Doc Kruger, who deals with just what you were talking about, the diet and exercise, because it's, it's huge. And so that's going to be a phenomenal piece to bring into the RX Performance Program, where it's a wholeness program. It takes in everything. Yeah. And what you're, well, when I hear what you're talking about, now we go, well, now we know why it's so, so <laughs> big, anxiety, because it, it covers everything and in yeah. every aspect. And when you were talking about the little T, I thought that was pretty cool because I had never thought of big T and little T, but I could see where a little T actually becomes a big T based on that. Can you talk to me about uh, a little bit about some T's, no matter whether they're big or small, I handle okay. And then someone else has the same T standing beside me and it, it's a giant T and for me, maybe it's not even a yeah. T. I love this. I'm I'm not sure that we have a definitive answer, but the best um, explanation that I've heard of that makes the most sense to me is early attachment. So, you know, thinking about attachment as, you know, attaching to our parents or a caregiver, you know, if you have some disconnect there, um, it makes it harder later in life to handle the little T's. So if you don't have that secure attachment from a caregiver, a parent figure, when you're a child, you know, you don't have that secure blanket, so to speak, to carry you through life. So as you get a little older and you run into, 
you know, a problem like somebody rear-ends you at the traffic light, it becomes overwhelming because you don't have that safety, that emotional safety, safety net kind of current underneath of having secure attachment. So that's, that's my favorite explanation. I'm not sure that we know that as a definitive, this is the reason and this is the only reason, but um, it's the best that I've heard. Yeah, well, even like uh, we probably could get into so many subjects here, but when you were talking about beer and rear end, I tell a story of uh, I had my wife who died. Uh, she had uh, we we were dating at the time, and uh, we were talking about going somewhere else. Well, we both driven to the restaurant we're at, so I go, "Hey, just follow me," and, and then laughingly as we're going out the door, I go, "But just don't hit me, okay?" So. <laughs> I swear this is two. We go through. We go to the first stop sign, okay? And I stop, and and she's right behind me, and she hits gravel and slides right into the back of my car. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm just like, she hit me. She actually, I told her, that was a joke. I, I just, just <laughs> Is she so, mad about so, my joke? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, that's it. I'm not dating her anymore. <laughs> so, but it was just amazing that we just jokingly told about it and then it happened. So I could see where, you know, every time I'm behind her now, I'm like, going, is she going to stop? Is she gonna... <laughs> it could be a T for me. I could see that could definitely happen. All right. So we talked about the T's and stuff. But when we were talking earlier, you talked about a study and the impact of this new study coming out and what that can mean to everybody, uh, mm -hmm. how to find help. And, and we can go over even more detail we have time about other helps but let's talk about this study we were talking about and get that out to people because i think it's it's yeah. very impactful and significant and, and what's available out there to help with this tease big tease no tease yeah all that stuff. it's so good so good so so they did they did a study recently um they took you know a big group of people they all had anxiety they split them into two groups one group, they gave them Lexapro, which is a very common um, prescription medication treatment for anxiety. The other group, they didn't give them any medication. Instead, they assigned them to learn mindfulness meditation. And so they put these two groups, you know, into, you know, the, the treatment, right? One group is getting the Lexapro and the other group is getting mindfulness meditation as their treatment. And they do that for 40 days. And at the end of the 40 days, they measured again and they found that um, the treatment was equally effective, whether it was the Lexapro or the mindfulness meditation, which is very profound. Um, you know, there's been, you know, there's been people forever who've talked about mindfulness and meditation and like it's calming and it's great for you, but we didn't have like that tangible research to really prove it right and so most most doctors you know going by what has been proven to be effective are more likely to prescribe lexapro versus mindfulness meditation for anxiety the downside of medication sometimes is that there are side effects you know some of them can be really harsh um, some people are just nervous and resistant to take prescription medications. And I, you know, I personally would feel the same way. I would want to try everything else first, right? If I had right. that opportunity. Um, but to be able to have it compared side by side and say, no, this actually is equally as effective. 
and there aren't going to be any side effects. And, you know, once you really learn the basic skills, it's not going to cost you anything and on the ongoing, you know, so there's so many great benefits in the, in the big picture. Um, and so, you know, it's just, it's just really profound. We're really excited about that being something that not only can we all say, you know, we know because we've tried it and we know because we believe that this is helpful, um, but to say no, and, and it's been proven, right? We've, we've shown it legitimately in, you know, the research study that's tested, tried and true, right? So that's what's exciting about it. Yeah, and I we, and we were talking earlier, I just read, a, uh, reading a book, starting to read a book about uh, how God changes your mind. He talks about how it has been proven. He, he He's a his doctor, I think, it, I can't remember his name. I got to look that up, put that on the podcast. But he says that, you know, any type of contemplating, meditating, mindfulness, change it can change, impact your mood, all kind of different things of mental health. And to think that I could do that anytime. I yeah. can sit down for 10 minutes, five minutes, 20 minutes, and it's impacting me every time I do it to help me have a better brain health. I just yeah. go, wow, because there are so many people when I talk to that have to take medication that they do not like it because of all those side effects. Mm -hmm. And now if we have something that we can offer, which we have, and we're going to talk about that a little bit here in just a minute about the training you have uh, put up on our platform for mindfulness uh, and how that can do that. But just to me, that's, that's amazing. That's a big breakthrough for people that, like you said, not only are worried about it, but would rather not do it. And because a lot of times people, they won't even touch anything to try to help because they're worried about those meds and the meds can't have, now some of them have amazing impact and you have to be on the meds and to get the chemicals right. But there's another option for people that may not want to do that. So, okay. Yeah. So I kind of did a lead in there. So let's talk about your course and how do you take this new uh, study that you have and read yeah. and, and what did you do with it and how does that help and impact what you have that you're offering? Absolutely. So before I dive into that, I do want to just be really, really clear. If somebody is taking medication and they're thinking, oh, you know, I'd rather do mindfulness meditation and I want to get rid of the medication, please do not like just stop taking medication. That should be monitored by your doctor. It should be done very carefully because the the effects, the, the problem with taking the medication and then just stopping the medication can be a lot worse. So I, I wouldn't feel good about myself. No, no, no. I'm glad you said that. That's a great point because uh, they may be able to do both, but they may need that med and they, you don't just jump off. It takes a while and you need to make sure you go through that with your doc and all that stuff. Yeah. And I think, I think the real like utopian idea for medication is that, you know, if you're in a place where you're so overwhelmed that you can't function in your life with your anxiety, that the medication can give you enough relief that you can access things like mindfulness meditation and other practices that'll soothe you from the inside out so that eventually you can, you know, go through life without needing it. Um, but, but, you know, you, you have to, you just have to do it the right way. Um, otherwise it can just be. You yeah, know, definitely professional talk to them because like you said, and I agree a thousand percent. I love what you said is there is that medicine a lot of times you're struggling so much that that's the only thing that's going to be able to bring you high enough to where now these other different modalities or whatever you want to call it as far as different ways they do things 
can help and you got to get that lift up first and, and you may not be there you may be working impact immediately but you got to be careful and talk to professionals about what yeah you need to do. all right so uh, we cleared up that sorry yeah <laughs> no, no worries no worries so <laughs> what i created for your platform is is the seven day mindfulness meditation journey and you know really the idea is that it's just going to take somebody through that process you know for a whole week and you've got a different practice each day and what i think is you know most people are going to go through that seven day journey and realize, you know what, like day two was my jam, right? This was the thing that really resonates with me. And it's something that I can do every day because, you know, it connects with me and I love it. Um, maybe, maybe people will go through the seven days and then they just keep repeating it and do all seven days every week. I think that's another um, option, but the goal is just to teach and to guide people through that um, practice so that not only do they learn, you know, exactly what it's about and why you would do this type of mindfulness meditation practice, but it would also walk you through a journey. So there are, there's like an intro video that says, here's what we're doing for today. And this is what it's about. Um, and then afterwards, there's a guided practice that'll walk them through it um, with like a, a guided meditation. Okay, so it sounds like a, an extremely great course to start out with and learn the techniques. Are you planning on doing more as far as more uh, meditation things that you add to this? Or is this basically just a basic course to go, hey, here it is. Now you figure out the different ways that you can use this in your life. Yeah, I think um, I think the idea is that this will be a great introductory course. And I would love to do some deeper dives later. Um, possibly host groups where we do meetups and so on. So, so yeah, we'll, we'll see, you know, where it goes from here, but I think it's a great place to start. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay. So before I let you go, uh, is there anything else you'd like to say about this topic that I didn't ask about or that you think would be important to cover, or even if you have more on, uh, you know, parting words of, of something you need to, you know, to cover? Yeah. Um, Yes, thank you for asking that because there's definitely one thing that I wanted to say. So I love what you're doing with His Will Homes. I'm so grateful to get to be in your space and in your world and be a part of this. And part of what I love about it is, you know, the old model, especially thinking about anxiety in particular, and this is true for most mental health issues, but you feel anxious most of us wait until we're in a crisis and then we reach out for help and we have to figure out how to find it. Usually in an anxious state and an overwhelmed state, which feels like one more thing to make it difficult. Right. And so what I love about what you're doing is not, Hey, you know, it's on the person who's having the struggles to go find the support. I love that you're bringing it, the support, right? You're taking all those things that, you know, anxiety in particular, you know, the strategies and the tools are not necessarily difficult or complicated to reduce your anxiety, but most of it isn't just shared freely and openly, right? It's, you have to go find a therapist and go, you know, 
take time off of work and go regularly to get those tools and strategies. Whereas what you're doing is just bringing them to people. And I love that so much. I love that model. And I think in my view, that's really where mental health needs to go in order to truly serve. Well, obviously we love what you said there, Stacey, because uh, you're a big part of this and we love having you because you're, you're training your attitude fits your heart. And uh, so, yeah, that's what we want to do is to bring it to them so they can have access in one place. And we're, so we're bringing a lot of resources there, but uh, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot again. So I'm going to talk a little bit about it. I don't know if you've uh, seen any of our podcasts, but on each podcast so far, and I may have to change this, uh, I, I may be offending people, but uh, this is a family show, so I'll try not to do that. Uh, we, if you've seen the Top Gun movie, the new one or the old one, or you've heard things about it, one of the big things about any type of fighter pilot flying is that you have to have a call sign to be cool. And I don't want you to be outside that, that category. So I, I was hoping you could announce to the world today what Stacy breaks. Uh, call sign should be now it's got to be short enough to where like in a radio call like uh, the ones an example is like maverick mine was hitch uh, pretty easy with the name oh. it's but you usually get a name forced on you for all the stupid things you do but uh today we're gonna let you think about this while i'm talking but like you know maverick and, and, and for different ones there's all kind of call signs out there but what do you think resonates with who you are and what you would like to called as a as a call sign now i'm not going to place it on your permanently like a stamp but we may even let you change it the next time we talk to you after you have some time to think about it but what do you think that call sign should be today you know the first thing that popped in my head which you know what that means the right one thing pops in your head there's no room for anything else um is mama b so mama I'm a mom, b. two little boys and Anyway, that's that's a big part of my heart. I love life. that. Mama B01, Stacy Break. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. It was awesome. We're obviously we're gonna do this more. This was too much fun to just do one. So I, I appreciate you being on and I just uh, love what you do and how you do it. Okay. Thank you. Well, I'm so grateful to be a part of your mission. And yeah, thank you so much. You're Have welcome. All right, see ya. Bye. <laughs>